everybody. This is Lori, and I am the founder and CEO of Inclusivity, and we're a company devoted to kindness and justice. And right now, we are working with artists from around the world on Artists Who Share, which is uh, an auction raising money for both coronavirus recovery and recovery in the wake of George Floyd's murder. So we are talking to our artists about their lives and their art and their passions. And this is our podcast, Inclusiva Talks. Today, we are incredibly fortunate to be talking to Astrin Everett Gray. Sorry about that, Astrin. I forgot that oh, last part of your name. Astrin Everett Gray, who is a high school student in Ohio who goes to an art school and is going to be one of the artists in our auction and is also working to put together a program for us that will air during the auction. So she is an amazing young woman and we are so glad to have her here. Thank you, Astrid, for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. So do you like to go by Astrid or do you go by Rin? Because I know you've, I've seen it written. Um, Rin. Rin is just a nickname based off of that. It's just shorter for emails. <laughs> okay. Perfect. So can you tell us a little bit about how you realized you were a creator? Because I think you have a whole host of creative things that you do. How'd you figure that out? So actually, um, my mom was, my, both of my parents and my whole family really is very musically inclined um, through that aspect. Um, my mom was an opera singer, um, and that's what she went to college for. My dad was a trumpet player um my grand my paternal grandmother was a music teacher just that was always there um and when I was very young um we always had very long car rides and what would always end up happening um if you talk to my mother she'd tell you that I would just end up you know kind of singing random songs uh that didn't really make much sense because I was like three or four but um songwriting definitely developed from there and it was just something that always stuck with me and um, eventually that turned into a whole abundance of different out outputs and different art forms that um I still go through today so are you still writing music yes okay. I still write a lot of music I am I write a lot of um, short film scripts. Um, I actually manage the short film department of um, my high school's film club, and I will be interning with them next year, so I'm very excited for that. <laughs> That's very exciting. So where, where do you go to high school? Uh, Jackson High School. Okay. In Maslin, Ohio. And you have a specialized program in, in the arts? Yes, so my high school um, has two different academies within our high school. So there is JAGS, which is Jackson Academy for Global Studies, um, which is basically what it sounds like. Uh, they focus a lot with the, um, the UN's 21 goals and that kind of stuff. And then there is Jackson School for the Arts, or JSA. And I'm a part of JSA. And um, freshman year, they make you try everything, right. be it you have to take a visual arts course. You have to take intro to theater. The only thing that's optional is a semester of dance. Um, but 
we have classes offered to us that the rest of the high school does not have offered to them. You cannot take theater courses if you're not in JSA. You cannot take dance as part of your school day if you're not in JSA. Um, just, and then there's like specific arts classes and then there's English classes directed, like you don't have English with other kids. You just have it with JSA students. Okay. And so it's really targeted towards the way that art students think and the way that they learn and grasp content. And the projects are based in a way that allows you to use your creative side and really interpret that as your own. So what right now, if you had to say what your creative outlets are, what would you say they are right now? Oh, um, <laughs> as it would have more than one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, lately I have, gotten into graphic art. I actually just started that about a month and a half ago, um, and I'm putting up uh, five pieces in the auction that are uh, digital art, but um, I had never done that prior to the coronavirus outbreak. Mm -hmm. It never would have crossed my mind. Um, I've also been doing a lot of um, social media graphics work. Mm -hmm. um, I have all of these seminars through International Children's Month, and any time that um, I plan something new, I always make the graphic for it to go up as well. Um, and that's also just how I remember what dates are. <laughs> um, Pretty good idea. And I've also been creating um, some music through, um, oh, what's it called? Um, Soundtrap. Okay. Um, to go in the background of some videos that I'm creating of art that have powerful messages and slogans for um, She's My Daughter, which is another organization that I work with. So that's all original music, original artwork. So there's a lot going on there too. <laughs> so are you entering any of your um, videos in the weekend of programming that goes with artists who share? So I am looking at some of the short films that my department has created. Um, the, so my freshman year um, was the first full length year of film club being a thing at my school. And I was the only one that ended up successfully creating a film. So she just kind of was like, okay, you're gonna teach people how to do that. And so I was like, oh, okay <laughs> um and it's kind of developed from there but i have not gotten to make any of my other films i have just been teaching people how to do that and um kind of micromanaging all of that which is a very difficult process yes i can imagine so are you um so you mentioned the international children's month can you tell us a little bit more about that sure um so this year marks the eighth year of International Children's Month, which was founded by Heidi Little, um, who's an amazing musician, very talented person in general. Um, she um, kind of manages this whole month of things that each year has a different theme. This year's theme is love, care, and respect to all children of the earth. And the way that she thinks everyone is a child of the earth, but it focuses specifically on young people. Um, and so there are so many things that we're doing um, this month um, and everybody kind of gets to um, come up with their own thing that speaks to them and they just kind of run with it. Um, like she connected me with you um, for this project. I'm also working on 
a racism equality toolkit project. I'm working with No Judgment, Just Love. Um, we were working on, I have, I think, five or six seminars this month. I had my first one last week. Um, just kind of spreading awareness and finding things to talk about and having those discussions. Um, and now this program, and now we also have another concert that I'm going to be working on planning. So there's just so much going on. <laughs> so I think that um, International Children's Month um, might sort of also be a part of the programming that we're having for um, artists who share. Is that accurate? Uh, yes, uh, we're currently in the works of um, connecting on that and um, becoming a sponsor for that event as a whole um, and possibly getting Heidi to perform um, as well as some other of um, her friends that are very up and coming and throughout the entirety of the world. <laughs> That would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. And we love, love the idea of supporting International Children's Month. So what a great collaboration. Um, and nice for you since you're kind of working with, since you're working with both of us. That's just kind of a great thing if it could count sort of for both, <laughs> for both those passions. Now you mentioned um, no judgment, just love. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so that program is ran by Sharon and Sharon is very dedicated. She um, has this idea and she's lately um, in, in light of recent events, she's had um, a lot of people feel very comfortable going to her and talking about things that confuse her, them or um, ask questions that are very difficult to talk about. And it's just kind of the idea that no matter what has happened, you should be able to talk freely about things, even if you don't word things exactly correctly. And I think that that's really important, especially through, you know, the LGBT community, that people are trying to educate themselves and people tend to get frustrated because, you know, they, they're trying to learn, but at the same time, there might be just that one little phrasing thing that, you know, gets under your skin and just kind of working with people in order to understand that really you do have to work together and be patient and teach one another in order to overcome boundaries and stuff like that. So are you actively involved in the LGBTQ community? I am. Um, <laughs> I am a member of our school's LGBT plus alliance, um, working on a lot of different stuff there to try to get the school more involved with those kinds of things, as well as um, I identify as non-binary and use they, them pronouns. Um, so there's a lot to be said there, as well as um, helping other people throughout the community um, feel more connected with themselves and helping to understand what they're going through. So which pronouns do you use specifically? They, them. Okay, all right. And I, I think that this is a, a good moment to just talk about that for those of us that were raised, you know, the, the, mm -hmm. uh, with the very strict um, binary you know, thinking. Well, well, very binary thinking, but also it's more for me, it was more the grammar thinking. Um, I was actually raised in a home where I, I like gay and lesbian and, and um, LGBTQ yeah. issues were were fine and discussed and but I think they and them has been hard and I realized and this is important I think in every conversation when you're talking with someone who's different from you I realize it does not matter at all if they is doesn't sound right to me I need to get over it like that is I my mean you can use That's they nice. are 
I mean, if you insert it in, you're comfortable with that too. Yeah. Um, So a lot of people, I mean, if you technically it is proper to say they are. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of people, um, it's also kind of social media trend for people who do think that it is not grammatically proper. Just use they as if it were plural. And that is the proper way to do it. Um, And it works in every scenario. I mean, (laughs) if you think through it, I mean, they is, I don't think I've heard that before, to be honest. (laughs) So I, I assumed that it was that, that it would be, they is because it's one, you're still one person. You're, you're, um, you're not binary, but you're still only one being. Right. That's, that's, I just don't think that it changes the grammatical rule because they is, doesn't sound they right. are is the phrasing. Mm-hmm. They is the word that is operationally defined as being multiple. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's actually helpful. Does that make sense? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You taught me something. It will make it easier for me to speak, although I've been working really hard to get used to saying they is. <laughs> But if I can use they are, it's probably easier for me to do right. that. Right. So. Um, I'm actually doing an entire seminar talking about LGBT terms and language and doing a presentation on kind of going through all of that kind of stuff. That's fantastic. So who are you doing your presentation for? What, what's the seminar's um, audience? Um, so I am actually broadcasting through the We the World Zoom platform, which means that it goes straight onto the uh, we the world Facebook page, and then it will later be saved and uploaded to YouTube and all of that kind of stuff. That's terrific. So if you had to, you have so many things that you're doing. So I, <laughs> I think you told me yeah. that, you're, that you're working for more than one nonprofit right now. Yeah. Is that accurate. Okay. So if you had to name, and this is a hard question, but if you had to name one thing that was your biggest passion right this minute, what would you say it is? changing the world great one because then you can pick anything that you do and incorporate it into that (laughs) i love that that's fantastic um any particular challenges that that you're addressing right now that that are coming up either related to lgbtq issues or um, george floyd or any of the unrest that's happening anything in particular that you're addressing right now well in the past i have um worked with um, feminism issues um, because I personally like to state as I believe Emma Watson was the person that first brought this into light that feminism is the belief that women are equal to men not that they are better than men Mm -hmm. and so working to get men to the same point as women are in some respects as well as getting women to the same point that men are at Um, so I've advocated on I've actually written legislate legislative material and presented that at the state house um, through the youth and government program um, for fatherly rights. Um, I've, this past year, I worked with transgender youth rights. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a, my first ever broadcast was only uh, a week ago. Um, <laughs> and that was uh, talking about pride fall and staying safe through um, that issue uh, and that concern. Can you explain that issue a little bit? Uh, of course. Um, Pride Fall is a group that targets the LGBT community throughout the entirety of Pride Month um, through social media, as well as they make in-person threats 
um, through direct messages, harassment, um, claims, um, offensive slurs, um, graphic images. Um, so there's a lot to be said there. And then they also threatened to dox people and out them, um, which is um, the collection of personal information and then releasing it to the general public. Um, and so uh, we did a seminar uh, just talking about how to stay safe through all of that and avoid getting doxxed. And um, if you do choose to fight against that kind of thing, um, the fact that you do really need a plan, uh, an outed plan, even if you think it'll go fine, um, just kind of being prepared for worst case scenario, just in case. Um, so that, that was um, posted on June 1st. That's on the International Children's Month YouTube page. Um, there was um, this Wednesday. I guess that's tomorrow, isn't it? No, it's no. not. It's Monday. <laughs> um, this Wednesday, we are doing an Instagram Live about um, racism equality. And um, that's more of an educational standpoint of um, just kind of talking about questions that people have of how to be an ally if you can't go to protests and stuff like that. There's a lot of conversation to be had there. Um, and that is with um, Yvette. Um, so there's just so much going on. Yeah. Um, and the, do you, the carousel never stops turning. <laughs> and do you like that? Do you like being really busy? I, I personally do as someone, this sounds, this sounds strange and I'm aware of that. Um, the way that my generalized anxiety disorder works is that if I slow down, I can go downhill because I can start overthinking yeah. the fact that I'm not doing my part in order to make changes to the things that bother me. Mm -hmm. um, so I like to stay busy. I have a very organized planner. Um, I am the kind of person that likes to have control over as much as possible. <laughs> um, and so planning ahead and kind of planning these different events and talking to people for a purpose is how I kind of push myself outside of my comfort zones as far as where um, mental health puts me. <laughs> So would you like to talk at all about any of the work that you've submitted for the auction? Would you like to say anything? Sure. Um, so can I hold things up? Yes, that would be okay. terrific. Okay. <laughs> um, so this one was actually my first ever digital art piece. Um, That's very cool. <laughs> and it was kind of just this idea of kind of figuring things out and trying to get a hold of what I kind of wanted to say with things and how to work <laughs> uh, digitally. But at the same time, it was also a discovery of kind of expressing expectations in different ways. Um, I have, you know, no, notebook doodles uh, <laughs> of, I always draw ballerina buns and I'm not really sure why, um, <laughs> but it's just something that um, I just tend to doodle a lot. And so that was just kind of something that um, spoke to me and um, color schemes are really interesting to me. Yeah. Um, this photo was taken at the, um, the Arcadia Mall in Cleveland, Ohio. And you don't think of a place that looks like that being 
almost really closed down. There's only two or three shops. Um, it's connected to a wonderful restaurant, the Chocolate Bar. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it's really, really gorgeous. I mean, it is so high-end and so detailed, and it looks so amazing. And yet there's nobody there to appreciate it. Um, and I find that to be very sad. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's a place to travel and it's a place to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a series planned for next year. I run the film club social media pages, and we are actually going to be doing a photo series called Explore Ohio. Um, and so those kinds of images and those kinds of places that you just discover or happen upon, be it a mom and pop shop or a an alley that has a really nice aesthetic to it just those kinds of places that you don't normally think of you know if you see Ohio on a television show it usually has some fields and maybe some cows (laughs) and but there really are beautiful beautiful places um like this is taken in Hawking Hills um where um you can hike for days um and if you look up pictures on the internet there are stunning stunning waterfalls everywhere you go um and it's just it's really it's really amazing to see that kind of stuff um this past winter um I actually had the opportunity to leave the country for the first time and um this was taken in um San Juan Puerto Rico um and this was actually right after we got back they had a I believe it was a hurricane Mm-hmm. Um, and it destroyed a couple of the landmarks that we had actually gotten to see and taken pictures of um, just less than a week beforehand. Um, and I have always loved the idea of traveling abroad, and that was my first time getting to do that. And um, San Juan, Puerto Rico is very, very beautiful, and you don't necessarily think of it as one of those places, you know, on your list. Mm-hmm. You know, you think... Paris, you think London, you don't really think in that way, but the architectural style really spoke to me. And at the same time, um, you might not be able to see it right now, but there is no one within that picture. It was completely deserted. There is one car in the middle of the street, lights off, there was nothing happening. <laughs> and it was just kind of one of those moments that you wonder what goes on when, when it's not tourist season, you know? That's one of my biggest pet peeves about traveling is I don't want to travel as a tourist. I want to see the culture. I want to see the actual, you know, the way that people think and the way that people live within that environment without knowing that there's somebody looking to buy a souvenir, you know? Yeah. So one of the things I love about the pieces you've submitted is you submitted um, quite a few. And what's great is that it gives people really a lot of things to look at and think about. And that's our goal with the auction is to have this diverse offering of art from artists who have been professionals for literally 60 years. One of our artists has been a professional artist for 60 years to artists who are just sort of finding, finding out who they are and finding their voice. And I love, love that you submitted pieces that can contribute to that diversity. So that's incredibly cool. So if you had some advice for somebody coming up, somebody younger than you are, who's just kind of starting to explore their creative side, what would you say? I'd probably start out with saying, if you're afraid of change, you're in the wrong place. Um, (laughs) I like that. um, 
you cannot move forward and you cannot develop your skill if you're afraid of change. Because even if it's, you know, adjusting the way that you draw your character's eyes, just a little thing like that, that's change. And you're going to have to be able to work through those kinds of things in order to find improvement. And at the same time, just your instincts. You can go back, you can, you can go back you, you can. You can constantly evolve your style until you find exactly what it is that calls to you. Like, I have, I have this thing. I, the first thing that I ever loved that I drew, I, I did not think of myself as a visual artist or a photographer whatsoever until the first time that I drew a human heart. And now I, I just sketch that. That's part of my notebook sketches. I can just draw that from memory and muscle memory. And it's something that you can interpret in a thousand different ways. And um, actually, there's an art gallery within my high school called the Meraki Gallery. And they had an entire display this past year of um, art that had human hearts in it. <laughs> Very interesting. So if you had to describe your, um, I guess your life philosophy, so, so your beliefs that are kind of core to who you are and sort of lead your decision-making and, and help you figure out your path, what would those be? How would you describe that? So whenever I have a dilemma and it doesn't directly lead me into panic, um, <laughs> I kind of like to sleep on it a little bit. Um, I meditate quite a bit. Yoga is a very fruitful hobby of mine. Um, if there's a decision to be made, I try not to make it lightly. I will, some people might say, oh, why, why did it take you so long to bring this up? Why, why didn't we talk about this sooner? Because I didn't want, if I'm telling you something, it's, it's going to be certain. I'm going to be assertive with my knowledge of what I am sharing with you because I don't want to have to take something back that you have adjusted to. Um, and that goes in all walks of life. Um, Self-care is very important. I'm still working on it myself, um, but that is always something to keep in the back of your mind. If you're getting too stressed, take a bubble bath. If you have a meeting in two hours, that's in two hours. You have an hour and a half to take a bubble bath and you can still put on clothes before your phone call. <laughs> Sounds like a very smart idea. <laughs> and so, don't be afraid to talk to other people about things. Don't be afraid to reach out to friends or family or whoever you really need to. What would you say are some of your goals going forward? Right, what year are you first? Um, I'm going into my senior year, um, which is, I don't know if I've said that out loud yet. <laughs> oh, I'm old, I'm old now. <laughs> um, I am looking to go into social media marketing okay. um, so that I can basically do whatever I want with that. Um, and just continuing to make change however I can, whenever I can, and really breathing through that. Um, 
I was told growing up that the arts were not a realistic career choice as parents who had both been a part of that and saw it not go so well. And so going to school for music was never really an option as far as what I thought I was capable of doing. And so uh, anytime that I found a passion, I always had to think, well, is, is, it, is it realistic? Can I, can I live off of this passion? And, and I lost a lot of things that I loved that way by thinking that everything that I did had to be realistic and meet parental expectations about what I can and cannot do in this world. And there are people every day creating jobs for themselves. I had the opportunity, I'm designing my own internship, and now I'm designing all of my own um, campaigns for International Children's Month. And so really I'm seeing now, which genuinely might be too late for some of those passions to manifest into something at this point, but that you can really make anything into what you do for the rest of your life. I like that. It's exciting and you, you still have so many opportunities to figure out exactly what that is. So you said you still write music. Do you sing? I, I do. Okay. <laughs> and um, do you have a song that you would share with us? Now? Mm-hmm. Right now? Yep. And you can uh, say no. It's okay to say no. Sure. I didn't know you were a singer. I would have warned you ahead of time that I might ask this. <laughs> I, don't usually, I don't usually spring things on people. I'm usually a pretty good warner. <laughs> I got that from your email with your list of discussion points. <laughs> well, I want people to feel really comfortable and, and know that I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to catch anybody off guard or I want... I want the podcast to be comfortable for everybody. So these are my song journals since sixth grade. (laughs) That's awesome. Pick a number, one through six. Um, Four. I don't even know what's in each one of these anymore. Um, I'm, I can't, I don't have time to go get an instrument, so this should just kind of be. What instruments do you have? Um, I have a variety of instruments. I don't necessarily play them all. No. <laughs> um, I mostly play the auto harp, which is like playing a guitar without memorizing how to play chords. <laughs> There's so buttons that say big? the chord name. I'm sorry? Is it, or how big is an auto harp? Do you have it in, in a fairly close proximity to where you are? Uh, kind of. You can go get it. We'll just take a pause. I will stop okay. this. And I'll start it again when you come back. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to stop the recording and then. Okay. Okay. All right. We are back and Astrin has some musical instruments for us and is going to share some music with us. So just tell us up for very briefly what, what you're going to play. Um, I'm kind of just going to squeak something out on my saxophone really quick. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> just perfect. I'm curious. 
saxophone in three years. I think that was pretty darn good. <laughs> Why, thank you. And now, then, what else are you sharing with us? So I have an old song that I wrote in eighth grade okay. uh, called Legacy, and it was kind of about the idea of leaving one place and moving to the next and um, kind of what you leave behind someplace. Okay. And I think that it's fitting going into my senior year. You picked a good, you picked a good, good notebook. <laughs> This isn't the end, oh no. This is the final chapter, but it's not ever after, oh no. This is the end, no, this is a legacy. Forever and always, this is our legacy. have turned into family we are all the same only time is to blame living day by day as if we'd never die well our time has arrived who would have thought we'd all be here who would have thought the end was so near it's time to let it go, let it be. Hope isn't lost, we've still got one more year. We aren't finished yet, we've still got our last dance. We might be apart, but only in distance and never in the heart. We may be leaving, but this is Very cool instrument. It gets uh, picky sometimes. So you said it's sort of like playing the guitar, but, but it knows the chords for you. <laughs> that and is you quite nice. Play the same chord low or high. It's nice. It's a little nice. less complicated for people who have memory issues. So you wrote that song in eighth grade. Yeah. And bravo for you being so brave to with without practicing and without even me asking you ahead of time to be willing to impress. <laughs> I don't think that I've uh, looked deal. at that since eighth grade. <laughs> it, was, it was terrific. You did a great job. Thank, Thank you. you so much for sharing that with us. So the last thing I always like to ask people, which I think I warned you, I think I did warn you about this part. We'll the find last out. Thing I always like to ask people is to tell us a story from their lives. And I always preface that by saying it doesn't have to be the story from your life. It doesn't have to be the defining moment. Just something when you look back over your life, feels like you, feels like something that you experienced that brought you something. 
Um, so I'm going to ask you that, but before I do, I just want to check and say, is there anything we haven't talked about that you would like to? I don't think so. Okay. I'll probably remember it in like three hours, right? <laughs> well, you can absolutely anytime ask me and we'll have you back on to talk for five minutes about whatever it was you forgot. <laughs> okay. So, so now I just want to know sort of in closing, if you can tell us a story, tell us a story about your life. Sure. So I did think this was the one thing that I did kind of plan ahead a little bit for. So the first musical that I was ever in, um, it was my eighth grade year, actually, um, which sounds like a late start, and it was. Um, <laughs> and it was Lion King Jr. Mm -hmm. And um, I had, I have an interest in skiing, and I had done that for several years. And the schedules um, conflicted, so I had to either do the musical or ski. And so I said at my audition, as somebody who'd never been casted before, um, that I either I, I wanted a, a titled role or I was going to be doing ski club. And I got a call back and they, they looked at me and they said, do you really want to do this? Do you really want to make that ultimatum? And I ultimately did. And they gave me the smallest named role possible. I had one line, <laughs> um, but it was an experience that was probably worth it. Um, I remember the first dance rehearsal that we ever had. I mean, I was fine with my one line of acting. I was good with that. Um, I was just fine with all of the singing stuff. But this, the first day of dance, my grandfather tells this story very often. He picked me up from school and afterwards I said, Grandpa, I'm gonna get kicked out of the musical. I can't dance. <laughs> and, um, what I find funny now is that I've now danced since then for four years and have just kind of stuck with it. And it's now an outlet for me through everything that happens. And it's just something that, again, if you're afraid of change, the arts is not the place for you because you might find a place that will nurture your passions and will help you grow as an artist. But if you're not willing to try that one terrifying new thing. I, I'm a klutz. I have literally, quite literally gotten a concussion from walking into a brick wall. <laughs> I had <Okay>. tripped over <laughs> air and ended up needing an x-ray. <laughs> so I, dance was not the place for me. I have, my, my dad always tells me that I have no rhythm whatsoever. Um, and so you just, you have to be able to push yourself in, in those, it seems like a very minuscule thing now that, you know, it was, it was one day and then I ended up, you know, I've, I've taught dance now, you know, it's just one of those things that if I wouldn't have stuck with it mm -hmm. or I would have said, oh, they, they gave me the smallest role possible. Really? Okay, I guess I'm going skiing. Mm -hmm. Then I wouldn't be where I am now. Right. That, was, that was a huge, huge turning point for me. 
as far as um, where I am now with my arts and stress mm -hmm. relief, honestly. Mm -hmm. It's, I love that. And it's a ter terrific place to end. We actually, the other day I interviewed uh, Nisha Worley, who's an artist who's 91 years old. And one of the things she said was she believes every creative should try everything. And she was particularly talking about visual arts, but I think her message was, you don't know how much you're going to love something until you try it. And you may right. find that something you thought you were going to love isn't your thing, but there may be something that when you started, you thought, eh, this isn't for me. And then suddenly you realize, actually, this is absolutely stupendously for me. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And I like that tie-in too. So thank you. Um, thank you so much for being here. It has been such a pleasure. You are delightful and we're so very grateful to have you with us for the auction, both as a creator and, all, well, actually both are creators. So as creating visual arts, but also creating the program for us, we're really, I can't wait to see it. I'm really excited. So thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you so, so much. It was a real pleasure. And to everyone else, thanks for listening and we'll be back again. <music>